Nostalgia runs deep, especially in the 80s. But why do you need nostalgia when you have the next 10 episodes of A Gentleman's Chat here in the 80s? That's right. Amen. We've made it. And you know what? We're going to be even better. Less leather, but better content. Ooh, I can't promise the leather. (laughs) Actually, I don't even have a leather wallet anymore. You don't? No, my significant other got me the Ridge wallet for Christmas because she turned to me and said, I could not think of a single thing you wanted. And like, that's fine because if i wanted it i probably already right right probably already bought it that makes sense yeah i got the ridge wallet wow how are you liking it i know a lot of people say it's nice it's compact but yeah then they get paid for it ridge if you want to pay us i will give you a more glowing review Mm. Mm -hmm. here's an honest review for those of you getting bamboozled out of the ridge wallet (laughs) first and foremost it's nice it's stainless steel so it won't rust it it feels good in the hand it's weighty but it's compact it 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 does what it is advertised to do two gripes one it is too expensive for what it is it is two things of stainless steel and what's the most apt way of yeah it's like a like a stretchy spandexy type material that keeps them together so it sandwiches things like i said really nice not worth a hundred dollars if you're buying it at full retail just don't the second thing and the only gripe I have is they use this back elastic. Obviously, you can't see it, so I will describe it to you. On the back side of the wallet on one of the stainless steel plates, the strap extends out, so you're supposed to slide your money in there as like a money oh, clip. Oh, yes. Which would work perfectly if they got the dimensions of the Ridge wallet to fit that of U.S. currency. But as it stands, it does not. So if you trifold your bills and try to put them there, they stick out. <laughs> Oh, they don't... F- oh, I Which see Which is why saying. I do not have my cash currently in it, because that is not good for people with OCD. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. Hey, uh, at least you have the option to have cash in there. Get a load of this garbage I did yesterday. Had a long day at work. And a meeting after... We had a staff meeting after school. Right? So all the kids go home. All the staff are upstairs. We're going through all these things. Pretty quick meeting. We leave. I leave the building... My car is just about empty on gas because I didn't want to get gas on the way into work. I thought I'll get it afterwards. There's a gas station literally on either side of the school building. There's two of them, right? It's convenient. It's very convenient. The one, if I take a right, is where a kid got hit by a car. So I thought, I don't want that one. I took a left. I always go to the same one off to the left. There's less people there. But lightning doesn't strike twice in the same spot, does it? Well, I would think maybe not, but I wasn't going to test the theory today or that day. It was yesterday I did this. So I go up, and I always prepay at the pump. I didn't used to do that because I always paid with cash. But now that everyone kind of only takes card, I'm just in the habit of, listen, I'm going to do it. But in my mind, I thought, well, I'm not going to this time. I know that my credit card's been kind of shoddy with these because the little chip thing's kind of worn out. It's old. So sometimes it gets kind of mad, and then I'm going to have to go in and pay inside anyway. So I thought, I'm just going to pump the gas, go inside, pay, whatever. I fill up what I thought was a reasonable amount of money in my tank. I basically filled the car because that's what you do. I walked inside, grabbed my wallet, opened it up and thought, huh, I don't have a credit card in here. Oh, no. And then I thought, debit card time, baby. Yep. And I reached for that. Nowhere to be seen. Oh, no. Then and only then am I reminded of the fact that the day previous... My significant other took both of my cards to go return something for me 
when she was going shopping because I had bought a battery for my heated jacket and it didn't work. So it needed to be returned. And I had a meeting to go to. So she said, well, I'm already going to that side of town. I'll take it for you. And I said, well, I bought it on both cards because my credit card, as I mentioned, is shoddy. So it only worked a little bit. Yep. (laughs) It didn't work for all of it. And you would think that's like a maxed out credit card. It's not. But it only paid for some of it. So I had to pay it for two cards. So I had to give her both of my cards, my credit card and debit card, to go do this. Never got them back. So there I sit in the gas station. Do I have enough cash to cover this bill? No. Because I thought, I'll fill the car. Why would I only have a little bit of it when I could just fill it? Right? And I go inside, and I'm staring at this girl. And I've got my teacher badge on. I'm in my suit. And I'm in this gas station. And I just said, shoot, I don't have any way to pay you. And she said, well, <laughs> what do, you, do we take Apple Pay? I was like, I don't have that. I got to call somebody. So I call her up. I call up my better half, standing in the store. I said, hey. She, she answered. She's like, hey, what's going on? I said, uh, you have my cards. Yeah, I'm at a gas station. I can't pay for the gas. I've already pumped. Please help. And she said, well, right now? Like she, was like she was in the middle of doing something. I could hear that she was in the middle of doing something. I was like, yeah, right now. I live 30 minutes away from work. Oh. So my poor significant other had to drop the project she was in the middle of, get in her car, drive a half an hour out. Now, worse yet, I'm standing in this gas station for a half an hour next to these people because it's dead. There's nobody there. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. You'd think there'd be more people at a gas station, but it was me and the two people working there and Junior Baking Championship or whatever the British show was on because they had a little TV. So I spent, I watched a whole ass episode of the Junior Bake Off. Who won? Was it good? It was a very good episode. Yeah? The opening heat was they were making ginger snaps that looked like decks of cards. Now, with the Junior Baking <laughs> Bake Off, they have... Uh, cause it's like the Great American Bake Off, the British yeah. show, but it's the Junior version. So, they have... Um, like, they, they give them a recipe, but they don't tell them how to do it. You know, it's like, you need this much flour and this much salt and, like, b- vague yeah. steps, but not... Enough. It's it's vague things like, you know, whip them together, but not too much. It's kind of up to you to decide how much that is, which I think is great for little kids because these are like 10-year-olds. Oh, it's perfect. It's simulation of learning from your mom or dad in the kitchen. Yes. Because you know when you're growing up, they'll just say, okay, mm. get the stuff for this and then put it together and we'll bake it up. And you're, you're sitting there like, what? Right. I'm six. Right. <laughs> and, there are, and of course, the kids, they're following along and the decks of cards also had to be stacked like a house of cards. Ah. And they had to take them from their station to the judging area without, without knocking yep. over. And some of them did knock over. And then they just set them back up. <laughs> and it was like, okay, so I guess they're kids. We get it. And the main heat was a fault line cake. So it's basically a cake on bottom, cake on top, but the middle had like, it looked like a fault line. It had to be mm-hmm. something, whatever their theme was. And uh, let me tell you, man, the little girl that won the heat race, if you will, the heat bake-off, really sucked hard in the main event. And I was really bummed to see this. Oh. But, but the little guy, the little boy, who was like, meh, in the, in the warm-up, I was like, this guy's got it. He's got the charisma to be a good baker. I can just feel it. <laughs> that man came out flying. 
Yeah. It was a great, great little thing, except, get this, I'm sitting there, now that I have a half hour free, leaned up against the counter, watching this happen, and the cast station employees were having a conversation like I'm not there, and this girl goes, you know what is annoying about this show? <laughs> okay. The freezers and fridges are regular person sized. These little kids have to get up on their tippy toes to put things in there, and they always tip them and knock them back on themselves. You think, and she goes in this whole rant about how the fridges and freezers aren't the appropriate height for small children. And I was like, you know what? Something tells me this is this is not the first episode of this that's come on this TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the one these, channel where it's that's all it plays. These people have seen yeah. this show before. Yeah, yeah. So my significant other shows up. She gives me my cards, and I said, don't go anywhere. Because I don't know how this is going to go. Because my cards have failed me before. I paid. And then I still had to go to the bank afterwards. And I had to do all these things. So I finally got home. Like an hour and a half. Past when my last meeting was. And I felt like an absolute dum-dum. And worse than that. The whole time I was praying. Please don't let one of my high school students come in here. Oh. Please don't let. There's only two gas stations. They're both right next to the high school. It is legitimately a 50-50 chance if one of my students walks in and sees their teacher leaned up on the counter because he can't afford the gas. He already pumped in his car. So I just sat there and said, please, God, don't let this car contain one of my kids. At least it didn't. It did not. Oh, It did not. That's a relief. Yes. I did not get any reliefs. This was you, yesterday, you said? This was yesterday. Oh, I don't know if it was yesterday or two days ago, so I shouldn't... pretty sure it was yesterday. I wasted an hour and a half of my life, but not because I forgot my card. Oh, this... Were you back at Best Buy? <laughs> no, no. Much worse. I was at a pizza place. Oh, goodness. Which I'm not going to say the... I'm not going to say the chain, because the chain is actually very good. Does I've its catchline go, pizza, pizza? <laughs> no, it's not Little Caesars. <laughs> uh, but this is the pizza place on Northland. If anybody lives in the area or is listening on Northland Ave in Wisconsin... Yes. Uh, don't go to this place. Yeah, exactly. Never, never go to this place. So I did an online order upon my significant other's request. She doesn't like when I talk to people because I'm kind of a grumpy guy. Mm, Really? So we didn't. Yeah, right. We did an (laughs) online order. The entire order was a singular pizza of one type. Okay. With one topping. Whoa. And a single cup of, I think it was like spicy garlic or whatever cup that my significant other likes with her pizza for the apparently the crust she likes dipping it in there okay i don't know one way or another anyhow so it says okay your approximate wait time 45 to 55 minutes i'm like wow that's a long time for a pizza yeah but i'm like okay it's no big deal i wait and i start driving over i live relatively close uh 50 minutes after it said i'm like i'll we'll split the difference we'll give them the benefit of the doubt i show up there are two people that I can clearly see that are working. One is clearly the manager, a uh, gentleman of probably late 40s. And one is the register worker, uh, purple hair, young lass, probably about 21, 22-ish. Okay. Uh, it's quite busy, so I don't necessarily fault them on the original wait, if that was all this was. <laughs> oh, boy. I get there. I pay. She's like, oh, is this yours? Yes. Oh, okay. That's the next pizza to come out of the oven. I'm like, oh, great. I came at the perfect time. I go and I lean against the windowsill. There's no chairs to sit down or anything. 
Two more people come up, ask about their pizza. I thought it went norm- reasonably well. Someone's like, hey, this is me. This is my order. And then they pay. After the second person comes from the register, this young lass turns around and starts swearing. Oh. Not like at anybody, but just like slews of swears. And okay. the manager turns around from uh, making pizza with like a half confused and half like ticked off look. And he said, hey, we don't swear in front of the customers. Which firstly, I love how we phrase that because that means you're allowed to swear however much you want as long as there's no customers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But anyhow, um, and she looks him square in the eyes and tells her manager, shut up, and begins swearing again. He more assertively puts his pizza down, walks over and says, we don't swear in front of the customers, and goes back to making pizzas. She stops, doesn't say anything for about 30 seconds or so. That wasn't the last customer, so there's still other people around. And she starts crying. Like, like bawling, crying like she just got shot or something for five minutes straight. And I'm sitting here staring at this young lass, this 20-some-year-old, I shouldn't say super young, she's an adult, crying for five minutes straight because she can't swear at her job or something? I I don't understand what was going on. Whoa. But finally, she... Wiped off her tears, put on her coat, walked out the side door, slammed the door, and was just gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting here like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Manager wasn't having any of this. He, There were phone calls continued to run, so he picked it up, put them all on hold, put it down, and walked after her. Oh, good. Oh, So there's nobody here now. Nobody here except <laughs> me and two other customers. Okay. Um, it was about four or five minutes. The two other customers, I guess, got uncomfortable or not. They left the store and just walked away. I'm assuming they sit in their cars or something. And I sat here giving them benefit. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what's happening. The manager must have come back about 10 minutes later because I saw in the back he was shuffling around, I think on the phone, probably trying to work out something, but never come up, came up front. I was just alone in this pizza shop <laughs> and because it's a rolling pizza, I was confused uh, how pizza places their ovens work. Is It's a track belt, and it keeps rolling until it comes out of the pizza and you pick it up. So I was there was probably like 13 pizzas or so, and I'm just watching them roll through. And I was very perplexed. I'm like, is it going to roll off? Does this thing have a stop function? <laughs> I did learn. Pizza shops do have a stop function. Once it hits like the edge, I don't know how it does it, but the machine stopped. Second thought, I'm like, oh, those pizzas are going to be very well done that are stuck at the oven. I was going to say, there's pizzas in there still, yeah? Uh, these were my first couple thoughts. Then about 20 minutes after this point, Holy so I have smokes. been in this shop about 35, 40 minutes, I'm starting to get very pissed off because no one's around and no one's going to help me. And finally, because I wasn't getting helped... I did what is probably not technically legal, but I will argue this in front of any judge. I walked in the back because it's a place that has their racks of done pizza. Oh, you did it. And I had to filter through the pizzas. I'm like, are any of these mine? Sure enough. (laughs) There is no way you just decided I've got to go walking back there. I had to. I was pissed. I was hungry. I knew my significant other was going to be worried. Oh, no. But then I filter through, sure enough, this, oh, boiled my blood to the nth degree. 
the very first pizza on the bottom of the rack that was clearly the first one stacked was our pizza. It was already out of the oven when I arrived. It was already packaged. I paid for it. She could have just turned around and given me my pizza. Didn't happen. So I grabbed the pizza, very upset. And because I was so upset, I didn't bother checking it or whatnot. I didn't want to be in this store anymore. <laughs> so I get in the car. I'm driving home. On the way home, my significant other gives me a call and a text. I found out after I got home because she was worried that I got in a wreck or something. Because she's like, you've been at a pizza place for like 45, 50 minutes. <laughs> That's right by us. And I'm like, no, I'm okay. They just, I explained the story to her. We're like, okay, at least we got our 40-minute-old cold pizza. <laughs> Set it down. Open it up. Firstly, very cold, obviously. No steam, no heat, no nothing. It's just cold pizza at this point. <laughs> then, another baffling thing that just was the nail in the coffin of me just <laughs> having my blood boil. I thought it was a re really weird, because it had my full name, Ian, last name, and it had our order on the box. It was not the right size pizza. It was the not, not the right type of pizza, and it did not have the right topping. Oh, no. Further insult to injury, it did not have the generic garlic cup that comes with the pizza every time you order, or hers that was ordered on side. It was a completely empty... They didn't even have the pepper. It was just the wrong pizza, the wrong size pizza. Oh, my gosh. A very cold pizza in a box. And I'm sitting there like, well, what's, our, what's my repercussion here? <laughs> Especially after you stole it out of their store. Yeah. I was, there was a party going on at my place. On the night, and I go up and I ask everybody. There was a couple uh, good-hearted people who just didn't think this through. They said, well, why don't you call and say they messed up? Like, because I was the only one in the pizza place. What? You, who am I calling? <laughs> I, was, I was baffled. I'm like, what, what do you mean call? <laughs> uh, so this is one of the only times this pizza chain like most pizza chains they don't have like a review on their website so i had to do the local google reviews i left the worst possible detailed review of my happenings and this was the only time i've felt the need to leave a review i have to tell you the, <laughs> I, here's what i think you should have done i think you should have gotten back in the car marched back into that empty store and if the manager was back finger points that i never got my pizza from you and if he's not there, make yourself a new one. That's what I told I told my significant other this, and she said, no, you'll probably get in more trouble because of the security cameras. Because I said, okay, one of two things. At minimum, I could just go make an, our own pizza. It's not yes. difficult. I can make a pizza. They have all the stuff there for me. <laughs> Secondly, we could make we could make this right by this pizza chain and help them with their customer service, and I can make a little bit of a profit. I'll take their calls the rest of the night. <laughs> I'll make their pizzas. Ten bucks a pizza. I pocket the money. They don't get any bad rep. People get pizza. It's a good deal. <laughs> you should you should have been the guy behind when you were leaning up against the window so hey, twenty five bucks an hour, I'll help you out. <laughs> you should have just gotten a couple hours. I would have done it like a flat rate, like ten bucks a pizza, five bucks for the breadsticks or whatever. Fine. There you go. <laughs> There you go. I bet that. I don't care what size, I don't care what toppings, not my stuff. Or you, or you could have just really housed or hosed him, and you know what? 55 bucks an hour, I'd make these pizzas. <laughs> How desperate are you, sir? I wish I could, but he I was not there. Yeah, I was going to say, no one was there. He was gone. And man. that got that got me thinking, I felt very much like an old man. Because as a young kid, you're always growing up with, especially if any of you guys have a Midwestern father, always Midwestern dads are always talking about how things are so awful now and people don't want to work and nothing is right. And I'm sitting there like, 
did I just become old? Because my entire experience there, I was sat there thinking, even five, ten years ago, there would not be a pizza place on earth that would get away with any of that. Right, right. I had a, actually a similar story, not that dramatic, from um, a drive-in chain that sells tacos that shan't <laughs> be named. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drive-in joint that sells tacos. I'll it's my you, favorite one. I'll let you <laughs> fill in the rest. And they, there was like nobody in line, and they took my order. I went up, I paid, and said, "Hey, it's gonna be a minute. Just come around to the front side. You know, you park, uh, park." And it was like three cars in front of me. I also did the same thing. I was like, "Okay, I'm in for a bit of a wait." These people just left oh, after yep. three, four minutes, and then I was getting to think, "Hang on a minute. If they're just leaving." Am I going to get the right order? Like, what's about to happen? And this sad-looking person came out, gave me my order, and walked away. That was it for her. Yep. She left. But every time I go to that same spot... Do you I, go back? Well, I have gone every once in a while. My significant other likes to go there. Okay. But the time I was there previous, they had, like, what looked like to me a 10-year-old working behind the counter... It was a kid that was no taller than the counter. And he had a really, you know, he looked young. Yeah, sophomore's he, first job. He was, it, no, it looked not even that. This this is, a, I've had. They were hurting for workers. I have had high school freshmen that looked young. This looked like a seventh grader. Ooh. Straight up. This looked like take your father's, you know, or take your kid to work day, except the last three times I was there. Right? Like every day is take your kid to work day for this guy. And uh, he, this little kid was the front of house. So people would come order and he was, you know, whipping out the little questions, you know, do you want to, you know, what size drink do you want with that? Do you want the combo? And he had the little, you know, the cuz he pulls out for the drinks, he pulls them out, sets them in front of you. This little kid was going to town. But I have also noticed, wrapping back to the why I've connected my story to yours, that the service in the service industry has really gone downhill. Oh yeah. It is bad. It's just like the people at Sonic that don't have freaking roller skates anymore. I can't believe that. They yeah. built their brand on roller skates. I ain't never seen a girl on roller skates at Sonic. To be fair, we live in Wisconsin. Even across the country. I've been to many a Sonic in my life now. Never once have I seen a girl come out in roller skates. And every single time when that girl walks out in her sneakers, I yeah. go, whoa. What this is not what I paid for. What happened to the roller skates? She said, oh, we don't do that here. It's just for the commercials. Commercials, girl. That's why I'm here. I want to see some more. <laughs> that's I true. No the, one's ever going to Sonic for the food. I it's never the, happened. I want the BGs and I want roller skates. That's what I want. I want a drive-up experience where I get the food at my car. Well, this is this is why I'm here. Yeah. Yes. That I think. Oh, I hate pointing the fingers, but this is what makes me seem like an old man because the service in- industry is basically. Well, managed by old people, but run by your high schoolers. And high schoolers, I just feel like, don't have that work ethic anymore. Except for the purple-haired lass, who, if she was still in high school, we would all be quite concerned. Oh, yes. 21 yes, in high yes. school is not a good look. Oh, yeah. Maybe, she, maybe she's actually 17. She just looks 21. You know, maybe she's just, you know, had a... I hope so. Because then she has more room for... That or hard drugs. Either one of those things. I don't think she was on drugs. Oh, unfortunately. Nah. It's unfortunate, but that's, For her. yeah, that's the service industry in general. Like the ghetto KFC we have and the only ghetto part of town, it's downtown if you mm. go under mm-hmm. the bridge. Yep. They, they still, I was driving past the other day just to see if 
you know, they made any changes or fixed it. They still don't have an operating intercom system. You still, they still not open on the inside. So you have to physically drive up. And when I say drive up, I have never seen any cars there anymore. It is people who walk up to the drive through window. Yes. They slide it up and say, hey, what do you want? <laughs> and close it. And I checked the wait times because they have an online wait times. Still a two hour wait for any order at KFC. And I'm like, you got to really like KFC to even consider waiting two hours. You really do. We had a place in town, and I'll out this place because it's a local <laughs> chain, so you'll, you're never going to know. No matter where you live in the country, you, the don't, Tom's. you don't have one of these. No. no. Although the Midwest is known for Tom's. I was going to say, I would feel bad because Tom's is, at least they try. Yes. No, it's a place called Nico's Euros. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so this is this is a business that has a had a couple of different stores. One of them they opened in conveniently in Old Tom's, and Tom's for those that don't live in the Midwest is much like your Burger King, McDonald's, except it is a little more Midwestern. You know, their proportions are a little different. They're they have, the they have different. cheese curds and fish sandwiches. Cheese curds, fish sand- yeah, it's just it's yeah. a little different. It's the same. Basically, tier. Burger King and McDonald's. Yeah, same tier, but this mom and pop store bought one of those and they and then made it into something and dude i used to go there and this place was in such shambles right the intercom system for the drive-thru which by the way was the parking lot was maybe 40 feet deep you could see out the front window where these cars were pulled up forever the intercom system didn't work so you just had to drive up to the window like you're describing and then they fixed the sign so you could see what to order, but the intercom system broke. <laughs> so you could look at what there was and then drive through up to the window and place your order. I once did that order, that drive through on a freaking bicycle. Yep. <laughs> and I drove, I wheeled my bicycle up there and they opened up the thing and they took my order and it took them, you know, forever to make my hot dog order or whatever I ordered and french fries. But I got to tell you, man, they had the best food ever. I got through my college years. Yeah, Nico's their, is pretty good. On their bacon cheeseburgers, man. I was such a big Nico's guy. Their employees had employee hats that Nico's Euros on them, right? Now, and one day I asked the guys, like, yo, what's it take to get a hat? I'm in here every day. Yeah. Right? I am my my whole like maybe last couple years of high school, first year of college was built on the back of Nico's Euros. And I was like, what does it take to get a hat? And they said, well, they don't make them. It's employees only. I said, what's it take to, what's it take to get a hat? And the guy, who knew me by voice. Yep. I would call to place my order every day because I didn't want to sit in store and wait. Yeah. And I, the phone, he'd pick up the phone and go, hey, Billy, what do you want today? I was like, ah, dang <laughs> How'd you know? He said, I could tell. Yeah. Sweet. I like those. Yes. I like those places. But this is how much I went there. All to say, that's how much I went there. This dude, one day I got my order, he gave me the hat. Nice. I have an employee-only hat. There's only three of them that they ever made because it's a super small store. Yep. I wore one to the other location where I went to college because they had one in yep. the town I grew up, one where I went to college. Convenient. I wore that bad boy in and they said, whoa, where'd you get a hat from? <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm the king of the store up north. Let's go. <laughs> And the owner was there oh. in one of the booths, and he walked over to me, and he hand delivered my order, and it was nice. it, it was it was very very nice. It I was like very it. I very like nice. It. Yes, I've so, never had a burger there though. The burgers are great. The t- chicken tenders were great. The French fries. The first time I had them, 
if they had kept that recipe of like the way they seasoned oh, them, yep. would have easily been the best French fry you ever had. It was thick enough to have some real potato in it. Yep. There was a good bite. It was crispy, and they seasoned it. It wasn't just salt. It was like a salt, pepper, like a garlic salt. It was a mix of things that was just to die for. And then they changed them. But yeah, probably got too expensive for probably. however they were doing it. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, they went out years, years later. Yeah. So I haven't been back to Nico's in probably years at this point. Although yeah. every month on a dime, every month, the first of the month, they send out the Money Savers free magazines in the mail. Oh, sure. Nico's pays for a full front and back page of the Money Saver every single month. No wonder their second store went out. They had to buy a yeah, uh, right. to help their first store, Ugh. which is unfortunate because that store that they moved into, the one that I said was dingy, is... I mean, it's it's actually fairly nice compared to their regular store, which is actually like a, literally a hole in the wall. It's yeah. like a lower level of a big complex, you know, of really, there's like a smoke shop next to it. Yep. You know, the, the tiles are all sticky and they're seating for about seven. The kitchen is so small. You can see the people working. It's a, just a hole in the wall. But man, they had some good food that yeah. came out of there. That's always where you get the best stuff. It's the... Town exclusive, you know, mom and pop stuff who work out of the worst possible stuff and deliver the best possible food. And you're like, how do they do this? If you need a burger or french fries or something at 11 o'clock at night, that's the place to go. If you just finished up a concert or a series of concerts or finals, whatever your thing was, you bum on down to Nico's and you're good to go. Yeah. Are they they open until midnight? They are. Oh, they are. I didn't know that. I have stopped there at midnight before. Wow. (laughs) After some gigs. That yeah. seems like something I would do. Because I'm always, if you're having a late night out, you get hungry. The problem, is, and this was amplified tenfold, if not spurred on by the whole COVID mm. fiasco, places are not open anymore until what used to be the grand standard time was 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like everything under the sun was open till 10 p.m. at least. Now everything in our area closes at freaking 7 or 8 yeah, if you want to get dinner, you better be an early yeah. eater. Oh, and my significant other, not early eaters. And she doesn't even get home from work because she works in a different city until maybe six or so. Can't, obviously, um, if you ever get a significant other of female persuasion, they will not be able to tell you what they want to eat. Mm. So we have it that hour, maybe two, depending on where you're going, window of... Well, what do you want? Can we get there in time? Will they accept orders? Because a lot of places, like we've mentioned before, it'll be like, yeah, we're open till 7 or we're open till 8. Oh, but we stopped taking orders at 7.15, It's like, so you're not open till 8. Don't tell right. me this. Right, right. So that's been a struggle for us because we are reasonably night owls. Like, not so much, but we, we're up till probably midnight 1 before we go to bed. Right. And you just can't do, do you- anything anymore. Now, you mean to tell me your significant other doesn't tell you what she wants? I Mine does. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she'll, I, I say, what do you want for dinner? And she'll always go, I don't know. And then I know that every night... <laughs> every, I walked into that one. <laughs> every night, our entire relationship, what do you want for dinner? And I, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so we'll move on from that. What I do know, though, what I have learned to know over all those years is this ad read. I'm spurred on by our conversational late night eateries to ask you this. Because you and I 
Uh, I mean, I, I, it's with my job now, I'm actually, you know, the opposite of you. Early. Go to bed yeah. early and get up early. But you, when you and I were gigging a lot in bars late at night, you're playing till one o'clock in the morning. Yep. Did you have an after gig ritual, like a spot that you went to? Did you ever have like a, this is where we go? Yeah, it depends on the era. In high school, I was broke because I was a high schooler and I didn't like going out anyhow. I I had myself on a strict diet, which looking back on probably wasn't the most beneficial anyhow. So I would consume essentially chicken, rice, and depending on the day, like a different type of meat. And that's all I made. So I would get home and it would be ready. That's all I ate. So that was easy enough because that was there. And the college uh, years after a gig, I would do one of two things depending on the situation. A lot of times, uh, if the bar has a kitchen, I'll just go there. And at the time before, like I said, kitchens were closed very early. A lot of times they'll just be like, yeah, that's fine. We'll make it in the contract. We'll make the band food. You guys are fine. Don't worry about it. Yep. Yep. They'll take care of you. Yep. Or if not, the bar that was always open till 2 a.m., so I knew it was okay for food, is called The Bar. (laughs) Um, I would go there, and they were really good up until, like, the 2020 and later, because they had to close down a while, and then they reopened, and it just was never the same. I've Mm -hmm. gotten poor service. The food isn't as pristine but prior to that yeah i would have recommended the bar yeah it's interesting because i i have always had the tradition if it's a late gig you know like sometimes you get lucky you get like an eight to midnight gig yeah if you're playing in a, in a bar or if even if you're doing a not four hours like an set, event or something yeah if yeah. you're doing something shorter i don't know sometimes it's 50 50 if you if you bank on eating at the bar because yeah the food's probably free because you got to work it out. Yeah. But you also have to deal with the guys that are like, hey, could I, you know, I play a little guitar. You know, I've been teaching myself. <laughs> that and, is true. And, you know, at one o'clock in the morning when you're trying to eat and they're hammered, that's not your favorite thing. For a little while, I had the ritual of always going to another Midwestern classic, Perkins, which is a place that's open 24-7. Yep. It's like a, like a Denny's. It's like a Denny's. It's like a Denny's. It's exactly right. And I would always get the pie. I would have an after gig pie. The French silk? French silk pie. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. That's what they're known for. Before I would, you know, which if th- looking back was a terrible idea because you'd eat that and then <laughs> right I would before go bed. home and then yeah. I'd go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that was always my thing because then I didn't have to sit at the bar anymore. Yeah. Or particularly if I was too young to be in a bar because, you know, we're yeah. talking about those younger high school years. Like, you know, when you're 18 and you're with a band, they don't care. They don't really care so much. If you're 17, 16, 15, I mean, I started playing in bars when I was 12. They care a lot more about 12 that. 12 is probably pretty young, yeah. 12 is very young. I would say by the time you're in high school, though, I never had problems with that. At least here in Wisconsin, because it's Wisconsin. They're like, right. he's with the band, it's a fine. Who right. cares? Yeah, when I got older, it wasn't so bad. But definitely when I was younger, you know, 12, 13, 14, it was like, eh, I don't, you know, we're going to get out of here as fast as we can. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, how how quickly can you tear all this down and and dash off to the next one? I wish I liked Perkins. Because that was, especially back in late high school, early college days, that's where all the friend groups would go. Oh, sure. For late night snacks and whatnot. And for what it is, it's kind of like Denny's, and I have the same problem with Denny's. Breakfast food is fine 
but paying that much for kind of okay breakfast food yep. rubs me the wrong way. Yep. So that that's always been my problem with it. It's like, I could just go make myself an omelet. It'll cost me 30 cents. Yes, <laughs> yes. Ugh. But it is what it is. It, it's nice for what it is. I, I can't recommend Perkins. Right. Well, and now that we don't gig something, neither one yeah. of us, either you or me, gig a whole lot anymore. So I have no reason to be out that late. True. It's weird lately, maybe probably after my pizza place exhibit when I realized I was getting old. Well, first now, of all, you are getting old. Yeah, now like there. now like 1130 or something. I'm like, hmm, I'm getting tired. I'm going to go to bed. That's big for you. Yeah, that because is big. When I first met you, <laughs> boys and girls, when I first met Ian, he was the definition of a night owl. Yeah. Ian would sleep until noon, get up do all of his daily activities, and then be up until 5, 6, 7 o'clock the next <laughs> yeah, day. easily. Yeah. And then sometimes you'd catch him on a good day when he just hadn't slept. <laughs> there were many times when Ian would roll into like, if we're hanging out to something or we had a meeting together, whatever the thing we were doing, where it's like, hey, how you doing? Good. How'd you sleep last night? Didn't. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, there's many, many a day where I have seen that happen. I, I feel part of that though that definitely exacerbated my issue i worked second shift at the time yes and for those of you who don't know second shift is the worst shift ever created i would never if you can choose between second shift and literally not working at all i would choose not working at all for all of those advice out there um the problem is you you're the hours that you work on second shift is when everything is open yes and everyone is up. So you wake up in the morning and or early afternoon. Nothing's open yet because things open at like 10, 11. Oh, but you work at 10, 10, 30. So you can't go anywhere. You can't do your shopping. You can't do anything prior to work. You go to work and you get off at 11. And as everybody knows, the gold standard, if you get off at 10, 11, everything closes at 10 or 11. So you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. And nobody's up. So you get home from work after 11 and realize, hmm, it's just me. That's what I feel about the bank, though. What is it with the bank closing at 5? I don't understand this. It opens at 8 as though any person that is working is going to rock go. up. Yeah. yeah, they're going to rock up to the bank. It's like churches that have noon services. <laughs> what the hell is that about? What are you talking about? We're going to have a noon service. Yeah. What? What? The, uh, listen, the people that are retired that don't want to fight the crowds, I guess. That's probably who it's for. That's fantastic. That's good for them. But if I want to go to the bank, why do I have to take a half a day to make it that to the bank? That is true. I have never, for any standard job, you just can't ever make it to the bank. No. Because they're closed prior to you actually being able to clock out yourself because banks are very timely. Everybody is gone at five. Yes. And you're like, when... I've worked every day of my life. I've never been able to leave on time. Yeah, yeah. They do it every day. They lock the door at 4.59.59. Yeah. yeah, you have to be in work prior to them opening, and you have to leave work after them closing. I don't know. This has to be some sort of conspiracy. Dude, I, you know, I had, when I had to do the mortgage <laughs> application for my house, I called up. I said, hey, I'd like to fill out you know, mortgage application. I got it all filled up, but we need to sit down, go through it. They need to show me the loans, the terms, the conditions, signing all the papers. 
And I was like, yeah, I need to make an appointment for that. They said, well, what works good for you? I said, well, I, you know, I'm a teacher, so afternoons. They said, so how's about nine o'clock in the morning? Well, yeah, right. I teach then. <laughs> well, I have a noon open. <laughs> You're getting warmer. How about like a four? Four thirty? Yeah. No. And even that, you can like, be... you'd have to rush it. Yes. Yeah. Like, listen, if I sprinted out the door to your location, I could get there by four. And they're like, yeah, we don't. We see, we close at five. It's like, it's like you know, the bar closes at five, but we close the kitchen at four. Like we stop taking yeah. customers at four, so we can close at five. It's like, well, so you're actually closed at four, is yeah. what you're telling me. No, then they always say, no, but see, if a couple meetings run long, we might push into that, so we have to give ourselves that leeway. And I'm like, yeah. I have never worked a job in my life that there's like, you know what, every last hour of your shift that's just the leeway hour in case you need to finish things yeah <laughs> yeah in case there's a little unless there's a little run over <laughs> yeah right yeah i don't oh. i have i have no understanding for that do you know if because i've often thought of things like that i'm like do you think because this is the government schedule that's how it works do you think like the banks and the government institutions employees do you think they know how good they have it or how nice that ease of no they don't because it's also the same people at the doctor's office they're the same people uh same schedule i don't know they have the same amy the same schedule at every (laughs) single freaking office i call i go amy it's time for my yearly physical and they say great what time works for you well amy i'm a teacher i get done at 3 30 so how's about an 11 no amy no i'm done at 3 30 well 335 no amy i have i am done contractually at 330 i walk out the door at the earliest at 330 they said well i don't know what we're gonna do well amy it is your job to figure it out isn't it yes heavens to betsy they drive me that's just all office jobs now i'm thinking about it Office jobs, you're like, what? Well, what are your What are your hours? Well, I get in at nine. I leave at five. Like every day, just like that. It's just that consistent. Yeah. Really? <laughs> What's a good time for you? Apparently, when you're not open. Yeah. Right. Saturday. Can we try a freaking Saturday? Nah, they they're always closed Saturday. It's always weird too, because every place I've ever worked, um, including one that was sort. I had an office job, but it was for a construction company, so not office hours. Um, every job I've worked, we've never had standard office hours. So when people come to whatever business I was working, we were open. And it's not even that difficult. You don't need like a full second shift or third shift or anything. Even if you just have, okay, we have one team that comes in a couple hours early and one team that comes in a couple hours late. It's not difficult. Why is this complicated? You could extend the life of your business day if you just staggered people by two hours. Exactly. The early birds come in eight to four. The later people go 10 to six. Yeah. Boom. And then most people would be covered in that. That's right. If you need to get an early meeting in, they talk to group one. You need a later meeting, you talk to group two. Yeah. And if you have an employee that's really above and beyond, they'll come in at eight and they'll stay till six because gosh darn it. That mortgage paperwork does not fill out itself. See, this is the thing that frustrates me. I can't go anywhere else. That's correct. It's not like the Walmart closed and now I need to go to Kohl's. Or the Target closed and I need... Or like the pizza joint closed. Let's go find somewhere else to find food. I need to go to you. Yep. You own the thing that I need. Yeah. Boggles my mind. Ugh. 
That is really aggravating. It's like the people that are open from 11 to 2. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, you just missed us. I had that with... Uh, I'm sure there are good advisors for colleges out there and universities. I have yet to meet one. I haven't met them. I have never seen one. <laughs> Firstly, this is the only profession. I don't know how it qualifies as a full-time job. Truth be told, I don't spend a lot of time on, on campuses and whatnot during my university days. But my advisor schedule, I had two different ones. The first one that I ever had was they worked Monday and Wednesday. Not the rest of the days, just Monday and Wednesday. Two days. Amen. And they worked eight until noon. Mm. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, okay. So I'm a student at this school. Every single one of the classes that work university, usually now it's pretty streamlined. They break it up into morning classes and afternoon classes. What time do the morning classes run? Like eight to noon. Monday and Wednesday, which is always a day you will have class in university. Mondays and Wednesdays are like impossible to get free. Yeah, you always have a Monday yeah, Wednesday class. Yeah, so I can never contact my advisor. The second one I have had has an hour less on their schedule. They're a full-time position. They work Tuesdays and Thursdays, noon to three. I'm like, well, that's also when class goes on. That's incredible. That's the afternoon. That is incredible. Yeah, and then this one... I won't name names, even though I really want to, has the most vindictive personality I have ever met of a person. Like, the the students she ever worked with, you got the feeling every time you had to talk to her that you're beneath her, and it's just a waste of her time to be dealing with you. You're mm. like, whoa, whoa, hold up. This is your job. You work six hours a week. Can't you at least put on a happy face for a six-hour work week salaried position? Like, no, come they're, on. They're simply too busy. Yeah, every time, every single time. He's like, hmm, well, we should have had this done earlier. I'm sorry your schedule wasn't allowing it. You really need to take this more seriously. And I'm sitting here like, you work Tuesday and Thursday from noon to three. <laughs> yes. You know, I actually have an answer to your question, why they're so uh-huh. bitter. Because they're life's failures. Advice. <laughs> advisors academic college advisors are what we call a bin of social rejects now not all of them because as i said that out loud i know some academic advisors like i said i'm sure there's good ones i just personally there are some good ones and actually they're like entry jobs into colleges but generally speaking minus the couple that i'm thinking about and you know who you are (laughs) i'm not talking about you don't take this as that these are life's failures because I had a co- I knew a college advisor. He went to school, bachelor's degree, master's degree, doctorate. In he was actually a a, a, a music professor for a while. They fired him because he sucked. So he went back. To, he found a different job as a musical director in like a professional ensemble. They fired him because he sucked. So where did he end up? Admissions. Of a college that he went to. That is the university's dumpster. The university dumpster. That's exactly what admissions is. The people that sit there in those stupid little cubicles. The fact that he had so much education just makes me laugh. 28. 28 and a doctorate. Oh. Now that... Because now that we're both full-grown 
men, when you're young, especially, say, high school, when it's pushed on you so much, who do you think is the most brilliant, the most accomplished people in the world? Are, are the people with, like, oh, they have two masters, they have a doctorate. And then you become a grown-up, and you realize, well, like, 70-80% of everyone with a doctorate has a useless doctorate in something they don't ever use. And they're stuck in a job because they got a useless doctorate because they're not bright. <laughs> they're not bright. They're 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 not bright people. You don't get a doctorate by being bright or smart. That's true. You get a doctorate by playing the game. Yep. You need to sit down and write your research project. It needs to be narrow. Yep. You don't need to have a wide breadth of knowledge on anything. And how the dissertations and all the reporting works at universities they want such a specific thing that it is almost like they give you a worksheet and you fill out yeah oh, the yeah. blanks yes yes uh. the hardest thing about getting a dissertation is the dissertation defense yeah where your professors sit there and grade your work but let's remember they were also your advisors yep they helped you come up with the project it's not that hard, yeah, folks. They probably helped you work on it, too. The hardest part it's about the doctorate... time doc commitment and money commitment. That's what it is. Time and money. The hardest part about a doctorate is committing to doing it. Yep. That's the hardest part. Mm. Which, if only I would have known that when young, because I, I fell into the trap. I'm like, oh, they have a doctorate. They're, they must be a genius. I want to be just like them. And I go up, it's like, yeah, I have a doctorate and the field research of dandelions. And it's like, oh... Oh, you just wasted eight years wasted. of your life. Yeah, you wasted it. Yeah. Not only did you waste eight years of your life, you wasted four of mine. Exactly. That's exactly what that is. Exactly. Because you don't reply to emails. I call for a phone call. Can't do it. Advisor yep. session. Can't do it. Need help with something. Can't do it. Now that I'm graduating and calling back for some academic professional advice. Can't yep. ever get back to that either. You have no ability to do any of the things other than look at freaking dandelions. You have no ability. You have no ability besides playing the ever-loving flute, you imbecile. Yep. You can't teach well. You can't even play the flute all that well anymore. You are nothing. Yeah, because you spent the past uh, six, four, four, six years of your life not playing the flute. You've been typing up about the intricacies of, I don't know, the reed of an I oboe or something that you could get. Blows my mind. You put out a research project on paper that was thinner than Walmart toilet paper. Yep. Okay? I can poke holes in your dissertation easier than that of the second Avatar movie. Yep. And that is a statement because there was no plot line there. And the biggest problem I have with this, if it was only advisors, I would be okay. In adult life... I have so many conversations, and this is the problem I have with useless PhDs and useless masters. They either end up in emissions, or like an office job at some big company doing nothing, or the third option, they write like blog posts or op-eds and things oh, geez, yeah. using their PhD as like an authoritative source. And I'll get people to come, well, what you're saying makes sense, but you're just objectively wrong. Look at this op-ed in the New York Times from this PhD. And I look, I'm like... Weren't we talking about dietary supplements? This guy has a PhD in welding. Yes. Like what? Yes. This is an opinion piece in an opinion newspaper from a PhD of a welder. Yes. Talking about dietary supplements. How on earth do you think that is more authoritative over all the research that I just presented? And to you? I love, I love 
doctorates you don't get them so much because generally those people yeah. are so like neurotic that they don't go outside of their field True. much. They are, you know, again, they're only good they at wa- one thing. Yeah, they wake up and I have a PhD in welding. I know every aspect about welding and how every piece and chemical reaction of welding takes place. Yes. And that's what they do. Yes. But master's people. Yep. I run to a lot of master's people. <laughs> master's people are so cute because they are... They think smarter than a baccalaureate degree, but we all know that they're not smart enough to get a PhD, (laughs) right? You know what I'm saying? Because they did the extra two years. A master's is great, especially if it's something you're going to use. Depends. Yeah, you have to use it. But let's think about this for a fact. (laughs) It takes 125 credits on average to get to a baccalaureate degree. It takes 32 to get to, to a get master's, to master's yep. and another 30 to hit doctorate. Yep. So you are narrowing your focus and your master's degree because everyone also understands that it's next to useless unless you're trying to get to the doctorate Th- yep, degree. Yep, that's what I said. I have yep. so many fantastic conversations with people that lead with, well, I have a master's degree. And then they rattle on about some shit that matters not. Yep. And then you go... What is your master's in? Well, I have a master's in... Underwater basket weaving. It's incredible how they give them. It is incredible yep. how many of them I met. I have so... There are so many music people I've ran into that are like, well, I have a master's degree. I feel like, yeah, in the arts and you're world, like, that's where they come from. Less even... Less music people, art people. Yep, just I arts have, in general. I, I have a master's degree in art. Okay. Well, we're teaching an art about painting. Well, my master's degree is actually in business leadership. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you the person that got the spam email that yeah. said that you could get your master's in two years and you just decided, I don't care? Yeah, they're like, it's an MA. It's a master's in arts. Are, you, an are you kidding me, you nimrod? I do find that people with master's, of course, this isn't everyone. If you have a master's out there, it doesn't necessarily mean you but you might want to reflect after you hear this dumbest people ever because unless like we said in very specific instances a master's might be able to benefit you in 99.9 percent of instances a master's will grant you zero benefit over a bachelor literally none you it all does is <laughs> slide you up the pay scale and you if that if a that. lot of times they don't care they're right. like Okay, well, a university degree is a university degree. Unless it's like a doctorate in what we're looking for, we don't give a crap. Right. And you need to have at least a master's to teach at a university level. And this is where they get away with it. This is where these snakes get away with this. Because they decide, well, hang on a minute. I'm sick of this regular job. Right? Let's say I'm in education. Yep. I'm sick of teaching my fourth graders. I'm sick of teaching my high schoolers. I'm, you know, I want to move to the next level. Why? Because I'm probably not competent enough at my job the way I am. I don't have enough passion for my job because anymore. Because teaching fourth I graders can't... is much more difficult than teaching 20-year-olds. Dude, I had, a, I had a, not even a student teacher. I had a college girl look me in the eyes when she was watching my classroom not that long ago. She said, I was like, hey, you're going to lead today. You got it. You know, you're here to spectate, but I want you to do some work with yep. these kids. It's great to have that value. She looked me in the eyes and said, I'm just teachered out. I'm just teachered out, you know. <laughs> I said, you are in school to be a teacher. You just gave me a 45-minute spiel on why teaching is your thing. And I said, well, okay, what are you doing? Well, I had to write a lesson plan, 
And then I had to teach a 15-minute lesson to my peers. Yep. And it's just really kind of got me because I have another lesson planned due next week. And I was like, you, no, what? Yep. 188 days my contract is. Every single day I, I show up and I, I work. I teach. These snakes that get these master's degrees, they can't handle the heat. So what do they do? They go back, but not for their field. Nope. Because they can't find something in their field because it's too hard. Because that means you actually need to know what your field is. Yeah. So they find this fluff, Arbit- arbitrary, garbage, goalpost moving, baloney ass program that they find. <laughs> and they enter this thing. And because it's a master's program and you need a bachelor's to get in, master's teachers believe you already have a set of skills. Yep. You take 16 classes to get a master's degree. It's not, or actually it's less than that. It's 12 classes. Yeah, somewhere it's not that hard. And each one of them, well, you are, you know, obviously you already know this. You know, there's this level of knowledge yep. that is accepted. So it is not hard if you are a person of reason of cognition to get a master's degree. It's not, now listen, I start my master's degree next year. A year from now, I might be saying something different to you because I'm going for my field. It, these fluff programs that they send these stupid emails about and these people they get in there and they spend their $16,000 to get their master's degree and then they move up to the next level and they're like well <laughs> with my master's degree you know what dude you could <laughs> you could fight me you can fight me yeah well with my 16 grand I didn't just burn with my wasted piece of paper you have a bachelor's degree in in let's say business administration and you have a master's degree in French artistic poetry. design. Yeah. You absolute effing idiot. Okay, I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> so, that came from deep inside. Somewhere. I like it. I, I feel deep the passion inside. in that. And I feel that so, uh, so deeply when you talk about, especially the master's level teachers, because there's so many that just bring down the entire teaching profession with the mentality you just gave. Where you get the teachers like, well, I just wrote an entire lesson plan, and it's Tuesday, I'm getting a bit burned out, so we're just going to watch documentaries the rest of the week, children, or we're just not going to try it and whatnot. I'm like, okay, you are the reason a lot of people, in America especially, don't trust public education, because they'll get teachers like that, who you're clearly just there for the ride, and you don't actually value being a teacher, so... Why did you do this in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. And burnout's real. Yeah. If of you're course, burnt that's out, everything. go do something else. <laughs> right? It is not that hard. It's not. It's really not. Yeah. You, it's, I, you, open up, you open up the newspaper. There's a whole section for that. Whole section. Right you don't want to read that? Don't worry because every job search website yep. will send you an email about just apply for jobs. different apply jobs. Apply for jobs. It, if, you, if you can't switch careers... You were too stupid to be in that first career to start with. True. You were too stupid. Okay? Yeah. If you're not wise enough to say, hey, I'm a detriment yep. and get out. If you're too dumb to be able to find another job, you were too dumb for the first job. Yeah. Especially because job finding nowadays, it's just an algorithm. You go to Indeed, like you say, they send you an email of all the different possible career options and jobs lined up and... They're all specialized to your particular education and your particular ex- expertise. Like it could not be it, easier. It legitimately <laughs> could not be. It it's like the you're sitting you're sitting on Sunday afternoon watching the game, snacking on cheese puffs. Email here. Just do any of these jobs. Problem solved. And you're like, oh, that took so much work to get. <laughs> I can't believe it. I just cannot believe it. It just boggles my mind. 
And with that, episode 80 of A Gentleman's Chat with your hosts Ian and Billy. <laughs>